is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. You are listening to Stop Skeletons from Podcasting. Uh, my name is Derek, Uncle Derek. As you know, uh, we have a very special guest here uh, in the building on the Discord. Uh, you know him. You might not know that you know him, but here uh, we have a good friend, Clockwork Pixel. Do I do I tell that? Should I tell them your the, your real name? Or are you cool with just Clockwork Pixel? How we, I, mean, I don't want to. They can know my real name. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, my friend yeah. Luke, uh, Luke Green, aka Clockwork Pixel, aka uh, one half of Studio Goblin. Mm-hmm. I saw you were looking for animators, so I don't know if you're if you have a bigger team yet, but. Uh, my, my good friend Luke here uh, is the man in charge of uh, creating all of the bumpers and uh, logos and such for Stop Skeletons of Fighting. Whether you know it or not, man, uh, this guy right here is so part, so hugely responsible for the channel that we are. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but I just uh, on the record, some of my proudest work, that is. Oh, that, you know what? And everything. I, 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 I think I've said this before. But I, I think maybe not like in such a public situation like this. Uh, so um, if you go back to like the, the original Stop Skeletons and Fighting videos, uh, we had a different logo. And that was the uh, the dumb logo, a hand, you know, with like skeleton eyes on it. You know, uh, that was the thing that I pitched to Luke as what I wanted to be the logo for Stop Skeletons. And then what Luke came back was uh, the bumper that you saw in those early episodes, but also you just kind of ignored that. Well, you didn't ignore that. You definitely gave the weird hand logo that I suggested, but then you also just made this skeleton with like fire eyes and a D pad. And I, when I remember seeing that, uh, that, that uh, bumper, when you gave it to me, I was like, Oh shit, that's a way better. That's a way better <laughs> logo. So then I think for about a year, two years, year and a half, then we, we switched over to just the skeleton, the, the kind of D pad skeleton became the, uh, uh the official logo and i learned an important lesson um when you were when you are when you are a person who does not have like traditional artistic uh skills like i i, I don't I, I can do a couple of things art style i can't draw i'm not much of a drawing kind of a guy when you work with people that have that talent really what you need to do is give them a couple of prompts and then stay the fuck out of their way <laughs> and let them uh fill in the gaps for you and i learned that lesson uh with luke because um yeah, then when it came time a couple of uh, years later to kind of redesign, we went whole hog on the uh, the skeleton, D-pad skeleton, and uh, I think the it's it, the rest is is history, as they say. Man, I I wish my other clients had that same attitude. <laughs> Just let me do it. Let me do the job. And trust me. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. I just I feel like uh. You know, if I could, if I could do it myself, I would. And it's like you, you, you find certain artists, and you're like, man, I really like your personality. I like, you know, what uh, your portfolio, what you do is good. I want you to do that. And naturally, you know, what the artist does, they do when they are have full freedom. So, uh, yeah, it se it seems like a no brainer, but yes, I, I, I could understand that working with clients and uh, various prompts and stuff like that can be difficult. But I'm really happy because, man, when when I first met you, you were just a uh, Luke Clockwork Pixel. Uh, and then you, you know, now you're a big shot, you know, with your own studio now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'd love to be a big shot, but, you know, we, we're slow going. Um, we're quite small, um, which is fine. I, I, I like the little um, uh, the little cult following that we have. Uh, it's a, it means a lot to me. And I'm always a fan of that. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm basically cool with that. I'm cool where I am. 
yeah, you, I know you have a lot of your stuff. You, you is it fair to say you kind of cut your teeth on uh, Newgrounds, but you also have some mm-hmm. stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's the main when I put things out. Um, it mainly gets a lot of views on Newgrounds, but I still put it on YouTube. I we do, I do get a few people uh, checking it out on YouTube and stuff. Um, I'm just grateful people watch them. <laughs> it doesn't really matter where they watch them. I just it, the novelty of releasing something and having people watch it and give feedback has never worn off on me. <laughs> I, I still love that. I still love it. And uh, and part of the reason why um, I really wanted you on board because this is going to be our Resident Evil Eight, uh, Resident Evil horror game kind of podcast here. Um, a lot of the animations that you do, man. Um, hey, it's some beautiful uh, uh, horror stuff. Uh, wonderful, amazing. Uh, I, that how I, I remember when I put the the word out. I just said, you know. Hey, I need animators to maybe do some stuff for me. You were one of the first people that emailed back or got back to me on on Twitter. And I was sitting in a Starbucks and I was watching <laughs> your um it was either I forget is it skin or tumor, which is the the, the, the the there's a tumor trilogy and it skins the prequel, or am I getting that backwards now? Yes. No, that's okay. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So I was watching that one. Um and uh it's you know, some heavy shit. It's some uh it's some it's some dark stuff. Watching that in a uh, <laughs> at a Starbucks and being like, "Wow, I'm really vibing with this." And this is some brilliant shit. And uh, it was almost like right away, like one of those things of like, "Man, if I could get this guy to do some stuff for us, how great would that be?" Um, and so I don't know. We chatted and talking to you about horror stuff and talking to you about like why horror movies, horror games are good um, is is always one of the most uh, you know enjoyable conversations i can have with another human so when you messaged me and you're like have you beaten resident evil 8 yet because holy shit i wanna i wanna pick your brain for it <laughs> i was just my first thought was like oh i should just do a whole podcast with just luke because like because like grace watched me play it um and uh, she certainly had some feedback too but it's like she, you know it's like no you and luke she knows that like you and i like will vibe really hard so um oh yeah absolutely so I do encourage no, you I, to check out Luke's stuff, but it, it is perhaps uh, not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it can be a little heavy um, uh, with the subject matter. Not all of it. Um, I kind of fluctuate between rated E for everyone and hard mature. But yeah, you know what I thought, and the thing that I've I've said this before, the thing I always really liked about your work, sir, was it was you know disturbing. It was dark. It was never like cruel though. There was always oh no, like just like. Beneath the surface, it's like horror is a way to broach sensitive topics or to explore, uh, you know, general broad uh, pieces of the human psyche. You know, there's there's a strength to horror. Um, it also can be dark. It also can be mean. It can be cruel. And I never really got that was your stuff always kind of stopped at. Uh, well, that's just sad. <laughs> or if it was <laughs> if it was sad, it was because there was a payoff. There was a pathos. Um Particularly the 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 end of your of, of your short skin, I thought was really really impactful, uh, and so um, I think that's 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 a quality that anybody can just make something horrific and make it be uh, you know bad and has a, a grim ending. But to go the step further and have that kind of layer of empathy uh, always mattered more to me. So wanted to have you on board. Absolutely wanted to have you on board here. Thank you, man. And uh, I, I mean, guess I, it's great. Thank you. Yeah, no, and, and I, I guess we should probably stop. Just uh, I, I'm a big well, fan yeah. of your work. 
we doing the thing we will love to do? We're both each other's biggest fans. <laughs> just go show each other's work. <laughs> do it all the time. But now when I, um, as soon as I finished Resident Evil 8, I was like, I, I have to talk to Derek about this. No one else is going to be able to get the weird stuff I want to talk about with this. I need to know if he's beat it. Yeah, and I, so we both beat it. The game's only been out, you know, it, you know, we're talking here still in mid-May. Uh, the game's still new. We're not going to jump directly into spoilers right away, but we are going to by the end of the podcast. Uh, yeah, because the, the ending, there's some big revelations. A whole lot happens. Uh, this is one of the bigger Resident Evil kind of story heavy uh, Resident Evil games, man, maybe ever. But uh, I think let's start broadly. Um, and uh, oh, before I forget, I always forget to do this, but before I forget, stopskeletons at gmail.com. Uh, with podcast in the subject uh, line. If you have any questions, if you were not able to make it to the recording, we got some friends here in the uh, in the Discord. But if you cannot make that, uh, yeah, send us some questions. And we have a handful of questions people did send us, um, and we'll talk about them uh, a little later. Uh, but that is where you want to go. Send us questions; we will answer them. So, uh, Luke, in general, like without getting spoiler, just kind of talking about Resident Evil Eight broadly. Like what are your what are your thoughts? Where does this sit in the uh, in in the if if you could rank these, you know where where would it be in the general uh, vicinity? Middle, top, bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I've played for it. Just a bit of context here. I've played for it three times now. Um, and it obviously, still fresh in my mind. I had a really t- not had a lot of time to sit with it. Um, but coming off it, I just thought I thought this is my new favorite Resident Evil. Like the, I, I was a big fan of four, um, and I've enjoyed the other and like three and two and all the players PlayStation one ones, but playing after finishing Village, I was like, this is my new favorite. If I wow. want a Resident Evil game to play, I'm gonna go back to this one. Not many. Whenever I've beat a Resident Evil game, often I go away from it. I sit on it and then come back to it later on to go for a new game plus or unlock a bit of extras. This instantly, as soon as the credits were finished rolling, I hit new game and I was back in for another playthrough. Damn. Uh, I loved it that much. Yeah, and it's like, I heard you say that. Sorry, spoilers. We, we kind of talked briefly uh, behind the scenes. And I thought about it, this being the best one. It feels like it is um, maybe like the most accessible Resident Evil and the one that just seems like it's fully formed in a way. But the more I thought about that, the more I was like, there's like three distinct eras of Resident Evil and they're all so damn different from each other. Hmm. Like between one and I guess like Code Veronica, that's like the old style. And then you had like four, five, and six, definitely felt like a middle era. Uh, and then you have seven and then remake two, three, eight. And I think of this new era, at least of the last four, I feel like this Resident Evil 8 is like the most fully formed it ha- it's it's firing on all cylinders it has the best pacing has the best story has some of the best sequences has um maybe the single like scariest moment in resident evil history uh because oh, resident yeah. evil for me is a, is a horror series with spooky moments but there's one moment where like i was genuine genuine genu- both times i played it genuinely like scared uh and it, 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 that that's i think one place i want to break down that isn't full spoilers but it is kind of like the second 
uh, major section. There's kind of four big bads in this game, mm-hmm. and that is the second big bad, big big section. Uh, but uh, yeah, people, oh, yeah, there's also the Revelations games. I was just talking about like the general, like kind of like one through eight. There are lots of spinoffs, and I feel like a lot of those spinoffs the, are part of that era. The spinoffs often can slot into the respective eras, can't they? Quite nice. Like Revelations, Revelations two. Um, I feel was uh, Capcom testing the waters of okay, can we lean back more into the more survival horror stuff, and are people going to be on board with that? They seem more like tests. Testing the war yeah. that was. And I guess like Revelations 1 and 2 both came out before 7. But mm. um, they, they definitely feel like Revelations 1 was... Man, Revelations 1 was a 3DS game. So that was just sort of like a fun it's experiment. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to remember that. Yeah. And uh, Circle Circle Pad Pro. Um, it's it's it, That game is a <laughs> DS game. Th- th- that game's on PS4. And it was originally a DS game. That's got to be some kind of record. That's like, you know... Uh, uh, Dead Rising is like a super early gen Xbox 360 game that eventually got like a PS4 release. Like that's that's some ridiculous shit. But um, I think that, yeah, I look at Resident Evil 7 as a game that was a, a, a complete restart, complete like a soft reboot of the series. I still have not played 6 because I've heard so much about 6 just it's 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 maybe the most contentious resident evil game because it seems like people mm-hmm. are like it's the the arguments are it's just garbage or oh come on it's not that bad which is not ever a good um <laughs> no. a good sign but it, it but it felt <laughs> like you know, resident evil 7 there's something kind of brilliant about that game uh that it was just a like yo let's just see what the hell sticks mm. uh that, that game just really goes all over the place to the point where like sometimes to his detriment, but it really felt like a game that was like, um, I don't know. Let's just, let's just figure it out. We got this new engine. Let's just try shit. Um, and then of course they made remake two and three, which I thought were both great, but I was, I really wanted the resident evil seven team. I wanted this new team to make their own game, to really come out of their own shell, spread their own wings and leave their stamp as like, this is, this is a new era of resident evil and it belongs to this team. It is different. And it's fresh, and I think they they absolutely nailed it. Uh, so I don't know that I could say it's my favorite one, but of these four, I continue to say that like the, the Resident Evil is in the best hands it's been since the series started. Maybe even better. Uh, I you know Resident Evil Nine is like you know there's a lot open there. They left so the universe is such is such an interesting uh, place now. Not to mention the tech involved. Um, yo, I, I, Luke, as an artist, I am not an artist in this in the same way that you are. I thought this game was brilliant. I thought it, it was beautiful. Constantly, oh, I was, it was every oh, like really I felt was. like every new area. I was constantly just telling Grace, like God, I can't believe how good this game looks. I am um, now. I I get that. Um, the perspective switch to first person is of everyone. Like some people, most of motion sickness, it, it's not accessible to everybody. Uh, but for me, I think it was a genius move because I can look at these details close up. Yeah, like, uh, and I am so thankful for that. Like, oh, I dude. really do love being able to do that. Have you ever? Have you ever beaten Silent Hill One? I think if you beat Silent Hill One on hard, you can unlock a sub menu that allows you to so that switches your 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 one limited camera button. Like I think it's uh. Uh, L2, 
but uh, it switches it to first person mode. And then playing through all of Silent Hill 1 in first person lets you get like how, you know, it's That's a p- wild. Dude, I yeah, know that. Yeah. It, and, and like, it's like that game was like a PS1 game and it was slow poly. And yeah, it didn't, it didn't look great, but like that team built a universe that w- that was detailed and beautiful. And so yeah, dude, playing through, see if you can't like get an emulation version and just like download a, a like a save. Because also beating Silent Hill one on hard is kind of a pain in the ass. It's, it's oh, maybe yeah. not worth it because the combat in the game kind of sucks. The controls are not good. Um, but like yeah, it, I, dude, that's a yeah, the genius move of going first person because. Even when uh, a horror game is of low poly, when you when you have a team that is passionate and really, you know, sands the undersides of the of the drawers, being able to get up close and look at stuff, um, if for nothing else, yeah, that's uh, it, it. Really forced the team for Resident Evil Eight and Resident Evil Seven to really make sure um, it really really makes sure that the, all the sequences are rendered well, thought out, and hyper detailed. Mm. Mm, absolutely you can, you can feel the the sweat that went into the production of that game yeah uh there are so many one-use assets that i'm like or like rooms where i'm like who made this because no this like there's no reason to be here <laughs> like even like when you open up drawers and they got all textured inside of it i'm like why like absolutely with it i love that they have done that um they just really draws into the world and the obviously when it comes to horror um the number one thing is atmosphere. That is the, that's what all horror things need to have a real thick engrossing atmosphere. And village just has that in spades. Like it is, it just draws you in. And they, they kind of switch. It's like multiple atmospheres, right? Cause, um, even like the main village, which is, is a, a basically like a hub world more or less. Uh, mm. and then you go to your kind of your four big areas each of those areas has its own vibe um, uh, that are all pretty wildly distinct from each other. So not only oh, yeah, yeah. the atmosphere is there throughout, but also it's got to shift gears. See, the, what it does, um, and a uh, uh, question, uh, would me discussing the types of horror of these areas be declassed as a spoiler? Uh, just like the vague genre of horror I think, I mean, that's probably, I don't think that's, a, I think there are much bigger spoilers in the grand oh, scheme yeah, of definitely. things. I feel okay, like if you're, so, if you're, if you're that upset about it, if people are that sensitive for the spoilers, I don't know. I feel like you probably shouldn't be listening to this at all then. So yeah. I say, I say go for <laughs> it, dude. All right. So you got, a, you break down some main, main elements of horror. Um, and you obviously, the, no, it's no secret that Castle Dimitrescu is a, a gothic. Yeah. Heading to the Gothic. Then when you go to the house um Benevieto, um, that's when you get the, the supernatural, the paranormal horror. Then you go to the area of House Moreau, and that's the unknown horror. Uh that's like, you know, the deep uh, and the unknown. And then when you get to um Heisenberg, that's the body horror. That's the shock value, the corruption of flesh. Um so and you've got I'm a little bit t- of all of that and everything. Uh, can I take a guess? I'm I'm guessing you really what, did. You really like the Heisenberg level, or were you like, eh, betting shit? Because I because that's something I see you've done a lot in your uh, film work. So uh, the reason I do that a lot is because that's something that I feel uncomfortable with. That's something that disturbs me. Mm. Um, mixing uh, flesh and metal um, 
Uh, Eldritch Horror, there you go. That's another way I'd describe it from a uh, thank you, Forty, in Discord. Uh, yeah, the the idea of mixing flesh uh, with metal and not having control over that, someone else corrupting your body uh, and like forcing it to be in this mechanical way is, is something that I find deeply disturbing. Like, mm. It really does creep me out. Now, uh, when it came to the second area, which we'll get into because we're both chomping at that, uh, that I, that sheared me, that filled me with sheer terror. I felt terrified to play for that bit. But when it came to the Heisenberg part, I felt disturbed. Like I felt sick in my stomach from it. Um, it was a very visceral reaction to it. The whole thing, every every revelation of seeing a new character, seeing how the more corrupted was uh, very disturbing to me. In a good way, I loved it. I loved that sort of feeling. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people don't care for that section. I feel like it sort of goes down a bit downhill. And I can understand that completely. But for me, that's when it really, I was like, this is a great crescendo because I feel gross through playing this bit. I think my bigger problem was that the the factory towards the end, it just, it's the one area of the game where I felt like the pacing was a bit off because it's the first time you play it, at least, uh, it's quite long. Playing through the game again and having played some Mercenaries mode, so I was a little more familiar with uh, sections of the layout, You it, it, it goes much quicker. But the first time through, I think I spent uh, the most time of the four major areas. You spend the most time there. Um, and it, mm. it, it feels like there's a little bit of an unbalance. Um, not to mention, I feel like it is very similar to like the later half of Evil Within 2. And I think I liked how Evil Within 2 uh, handled that more uh, industrial, hot, um, I guess it was industrial, but it was more on like fire and molten lava and less about like the, you know, the, the flesh and, and, and steel together. But I, I, hmm. I just, I felt like there was a, a, a they were, they were very, they were very similar. And I thought that Evil Within 2 handle it a little better but i still i like the the enemy design i like the, it was it was a good in universe reason to like okay the enemies are stronger now just it's later in the game you've got better weapons and your weapons are are, are more powerful we need dudes that are that can take more damage mm. and that was a fun you know uh, in universe reason to also kind of you know buff up the the gameplay so it it, it kind of that that good measure of of it, it, it was it needed to be the last section but it did yeah. feel like it went a little too long yeah see you know you, if you break down the 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 pacing and plot beats of village on paper it makes perfect sense you start off with the hard action introduce a large uh open-ended building um with multiple uh shortcuts like the western western mansion mm-hmm. uh, then you have you take the power away from the character from the player in the second part uh, with Benedetto, Vito. And then you have a more action-focused part, and then you come back around to the more interconnected world uh, to, to finish the game off with. On paper, that all makes sense. Um, but of course, it then leaves two of the main villains feeling a bit rushed or a bit underdeveloped compared to the other two. Yeah, I think that um, it's weird how I feel like they really pushed all their chips on Heisenberg because... Mm. There's definitely the sense that I think if you know anything about this game, uh, if you haven't played it yet, you know that like the the lady Lady D, the, the giant vampire lady that everyone fell in love with, she's unfortunately not the focus of the game. She's just one of the big bads that you fight, 
And she's unfortunately the first one, and she's kind of out of the game quickly. I don't mm. think Capcom realized what they had. Oh, they did not. Absolutely so, did not. Yeah, and I think they really kind of they, they, they kind of make Heisenberg a bigger part of the story. Um, and that's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> but I mean, oh, this game is just so massive and so detailed. Like this game was like done, right? Basically done by the time they started, you know, giving previews, releasing it, showing demos and stuff. So I think that like they couldn't course correct. They had to be like, oh, crap. Everyone wanted yeah. Thick Vampire Lady. Oh, no. Yeah, there's no way. The, as I mentioned before, the pacing was sort of laid there uh, with every house was designed to meet this pacing. Re- picking her out of there and rearranging them, it just would not have been possible at, this t- at that time, would it? No. You, I, you I'm hoping there's going to be some DLC that's like a flashback to um, maybe you're one of the... There's all this talk about the uh, the different... Uh, uh, people that helped in the house, all the, all you know, different uh, helpers and groundskeepers and stuff for uh, the castle. And here's hoping that they have some kind of DLC where you, we can have more time with Lady D. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it's it's funny to see every video on YouTube now that has anything to do with Resident Evil Eight uh, and Capcom's own like Twitter page. Lady D is all over it, and it's like they're <laughs> yeah. pushing this so hard. Even though, like, <laughs> Lady DLC. Yes, thank you, Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, like, the, the, the thing about Resident Evil 7, I haven't even... I never got around to getting uh, the... Uh, was it the band footage DLC sets? Because I played them briefly at a friend's house, and they seemed neat. And I think at the time, I was like, yeah, they're kind of expensive. I don't think I really want to get to them. But if nothing else, like, Resident Evil 7, it was just like, here's a bunch of DLC. This is like, I don't know. You're just trying wild shit. And so you would hope that for Resident Evil 8, um, they've got some DLC planned. And, uh, you know, if they, want, if they want to make some damn money, just we need more Vampire Lady. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Kind of playing the game again. I thought that the castle section was so short. I think that's because I was expecting so much more time. But, you mm-hmm. know, you, you basically have, you know, you have your Queen Bowser and her three uh, you know, uh, little Koopa Koopalings. Basically, she has her three daughters, her three vampire daughters. You can't, and you, 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 of course, take out her three vampire daughters before you take care of the big boss, right? Um, I remember playing and thinking, like, wow, I'm actually running through these vampire daughters a lot faster than I thought mm. I would. And I think at first I was disappointed that the castle section is so short, but playing it again. Yeah, it's about as long as the other sections. And it also, I think, has, like, the most, like, collectible junk. Um, out, like, the Heisenberg section, I think, has a little more... It's more open. There's more places to go. So, naturally, there's more treasure and stuff. But uh, it actually does, didn't quite feel as short the second time through. And uh, you... Uh, I don't know what difficulty you played it on, but when I first played for it, I played it with um, hardcore difficulty. Uh, so I really had to take my time, and like, oh, yeah. really, I, the fear of soft locking was very real in that difficulty. Um, whether it was or not, whether an actual fear, I don't know, but it certainly felt like it was. So I really took my time, especially that first boss fight with the first daughter. Um, took me a good three or four attempts. Like oh, I was wow. getting my ass kicked. No, um, I play. I played on normal, and honestly, uh, I really enjoyed the combat. I thought all the weapons felt really, really satisfying. And I thought most of the encounters are actually really, really fun. 
Uh, so I didn't mind so much because like the combat was fun. But yeah, playing on normal um, was it was really easy. I, I did not have to worry about ammo. I always had stuff that I could craft. I always was finding more ammo. I always had money to upgrade. So um, and I was going to play through on hardcore, but I just went I just wanted to play new game plus and upgrade my guns more and just kind of mm. it's always it, that's my that's always been a great thing about Resident Evil. Is like the new game plus with the stronger enemies and just like I'm gonna remove the challenge from this game and just like steamroll over everyone. It's still it's still fun. It's still super super fun. Nice. Uh, how uh, was um uh, you played? Did you finish on uh village shadow shadow village village of shadows? So village of shadows difficulty. I am uh, up into Heisenberg and then Mass Effect trilogy come out. So it just it distracted oh, yeah. me from it. <laughs> but um I will finish it. But yeah, the Village of Shadows difficulty, uh, I am playing with infinite ammo because I was just being overly cautious. But it is built for you to be playing that on New Game Plus. There's a reason you don't unlock it until after you've played the game once. Um, it is it is a challenge. And mm. you need to go in with upgraded weapons. So if you want to... So you still get that little bit of power. You still get that... There's still a reason to play it and keep your upgraded weapons and infinite ammo stuff. And still feel like you're being challenged. But it, it, it kicks you. It kicks you in the teeth. And Somebody just not apologize for it. Just called me Moogie in the chat asks, um, is this Capcom's attempt at making Castlevania with some of the uh, monsters in the game? Uh, and I don't, this just feels just like, um, hmm, I don't know, it's directly a Castlevania game. I mean, the way the combat is and the way the monsters are, I feel like your answer there is uh, Bloodborne is still the best Castlevania game that Konami didn't make. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and this is just uh, having the castles and having uh, some of the uh, aesthetic there, and having so much um, exploration and treasures and stuff. I don't know if I would say it's directly a Castlevania style game, but if you like Castlevania games, if you like those, you know, uh, Egovania games, you'll definitely appreciate this. But then again, that's kind of always been there. Right back to the original mansion on the first game was like a big kind of open-ish world, and. You, get to find keys and there's puzzles and stuff like that so i don't know that hmm. um i don't know that the enemy representation certainly has a castlevania style yeah yeah I, I but i don't know that yeah so i don't i don't think there really is a castlevania style here however if you do like castlevania stuff i think there's still a lot here for you to like yeah oh yeah if if you because uh, a lot of the appeal of Castlevania is like the gothic aesthetic, um, the atmosphere, again, it has a very unique atmosphere. And Castlevania games tend to have their tongue a little bit in their cheek. Um, so I think with Village, it's very much that. it's It's got the horror. It's got the scares. It will scare you when it wants to, but it does have its tongue a little bit in its cheek. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a dumb fucking Resident Evil game. Um, yeah. like, like a lot of people, I, I, there, there's sort of this discourse. I'm not sure if, if it's, if it's kind of been kind of after the game launched, a lot of people were like, man, this game is like extra goofy and that doesn't seem right. And then at the, we re retweeted it, but someone's like, man, I can't believe Resident Evil 8 gets so goofy. Uh, and then the picture is Leon running away from the statue in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm sure you can make the argument that like the first Resident Evil wasn't trying to be goofy. But, like, the dialogue was just so fucking goofy. Um, and then, you know, you gave Resident Evil 2, you gave that to uh, the Devil May Cry guy. Um, uh, blanking on his name. But, like, yeah, that guy, Re Resident Evil 2 is kind of a goofy game. Like, okay, there's a, a T-virus? No, there's the G-virus. Then you grow a big 
eyeball on your shoulder and yeah sure you know um there resident evil the 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 genius of shinji mikami the invisible genius the invisible hand shinji mikami he never set up a specific style for resident evil and so right from the second game it was always deviating and variating and i mean it was always different Mm. and if you look at silent hill they tried to have more they tried to make the game an anthology so story-wise there was the attempt early on with silent hill to be um uh, uh you know you can do anything you want with the story so long as you got silent hill and you got fog and you know a radio i don't know but they, they did do set they set more of a precedent for kind of like the vibe and tone of a silent hill game and so after like silent hills i would argue after silent hill 3 uh the series super struggled with how it needed to carry itself whereas i don't think a resident evil game has to worry as much um no, but i don't know that a resident evil game has like quite embraced it like this one has like it's definitely because it's, it is goofy but it is also one of the more serious ones and I, let's just get to it man the second section of the game the dollhouse i forget i forget what the the uh, the woman's name is well a, a sidebar there uh benevieto is yes. italian for welcome and that oh, is, is her now? name which i think is a very nice little touch there uh on the developer's part that's I didn't realize that. That's great. So this section, um, for a lot of reasons, is fucking brilliant. Uh, on its face, you know, it comes after the uh, the castle, and that's very bog standard. You got your three, you know, uh, your three vampires, and you got your big bad, uh, and you're you know going through a castle. Lots of combat, lots of uh, discovery, lots of um, backtracking and puzzles and stuff. You get to this section of the game and uh, huge Silent Hill, big historical society vibes throughout it. Mm. And basically, it is just a haunted house. Um, You lose all your weapons because there's no combat. You walk in there and then, you know, the lights go out. And then when they come back on, Ethan goes, oh, where'd my guns go? Which, you know, whether or not that that really makes sense in game from just a gameplay perspective, it is a complete change from what you just went to. So on mm. its, just a gameplay perspective, that's kind of brilliant because it is an action game, first person shooter. Uh, and then this is a moment where it's like, no, this is not, now we go into first person uh, adventure more or less. And um, it turns into an escape room more or less. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So Polaroid. holy yeah, shit. So. Like in the, th- so the great thing about this section is uh you talked about luke atmosphere and like how you know atmosphere is so important but this the subtle ways it establishes the atmosphere like right away you enter this area by walking through a graveyard um Mm -hmm. and it really starts proper when you kind of go up this really long elevator ride now i'm playing on a standard ps4 i'd be curious how this plays on like a ps5 but that it, elevator ride... It does look, it does look good on a PS5. Well, no, no. I'm sure it looks good. It looks very good. It looks great on, a, on actually a solid, a normal PS4. But that's not what I'm talking about. The load time for going up that elevator. <laughs> it's... Again, I'm against like historical society vibes of like, you know, a long ass elevator ride or a long ass uh, uh, hallway or something like that. This actually feels like uh, an unintentional uh, 
bit of like preamble because like <laughs> for me it's like a solid minute almost of going up this elevator um and using this this tight brick elevator shaft waiting to go up to the top of this uh, uh mountain and it sets the mood like pretty quickly and then you get off the elevator and right next to this gigantic waterfall is this not a mansion but a big beautiful house and right it's right at that point you don't realize it but you've entered into the, the it's already started hmm. it starts so subtly and so right away and um that sequence is maybe the, i think maybe the scariest a resident evil game has ever been and also there are spooky moments in resident evil games but like like sustained mind fuckery the steady hand of like you are in the middle of a magic trick you know you are you are stuck in the middle of this and even playing through it a second time still got me and actually both times i played it i played it in the middle of the day and it still scared the shit out of me hmm See when I when I first played it, it was late at night. My, my sound bar on, and um, I had it quite loud, so it, it felt very effective. And it gets to the big reveal of it. Now I I've sort of sat with this for a bit and sort of really tried to dissect on why I think this part is so effective. And I feel like it's because it's got a great section of misdirect. So when you go into it, it's obviously got uh, and this is going to be it now, people. No turning back. We're going to get deep into analyzing this part yeah i guess we're getting yeah, uh, but this is an early game section but it is a very very it, to me it's probably the highlight of the game so i would yeah, say maybe yeah. from here uh uh you might might want to think about turning back we're not we're, well we haven't done we're not gonna do the full big story spoilers that'll probably be after this but mm-hmm. here we go th- this this section will be ruined for you if you now know if you know it's going to be coming up so i feel like when you enter this area you've got all these puppets um and it's sort of, you have this really set, unsettling, unsettling atmosphere going on. So you're slowly uh, taking apart this puppet looks like your wife. And I, I mean, when I first played this section, I was convinced that um, once it was done and over with, you were gonna, it was going to reveal that was a dead body. Like that was your wife's dead body. Yeah, the um, weird odds. This, and, and I love I love the conceit of you go in this basement area and there's like, uh, you know, a, an autopsy table, a gurney or something like that. And then the lights mm-hmm. go out and then suddenly a puppet that looks like your wife is, is there. And Ethan doesn't really acknowledge it. And then you walk up to it and it's like, oh, do you want to investigate her mouth? And you're like, you want to do, you're like, fucking what? And you push the button and then like Ethan leans over and opens up her mouth. And there's like a, there's like a, a thing inside her mouth and you, you need tweezers to pull out the, uh, uh, the, the piece of uh, paper that's in there. Um, but like that, that moment for me was just like, wait, what the fuck is, go- wait, oh, stop, what? Like, not only, like the, no one's going to address what is happening right here. Mm. And that, that is, I don't know if we would call that misdirect, but it, it's just sort of like a, you can't i feel like you couldn't do that in a movie or oh or no maybe, you definitely couldn't no no or maybe no. even when a book what? you because you would have to think like why isn't why isn't the character going hello but in a game it's like yo there's a fucking puppet that looks like your wife and you're suddenly given prompts to like pop open her shoulder and like take mm. off her leg and you're like why am i doing that see that that was the point because when i first interacted with the doll i took the arm off and as soon as he popped it off, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a real person, isn't it? 
Like, this is what it's going to reveal to me. And it kind of uh, is, because there's that moment where you come back to it and suddenly the body is gone, but like it's a huge blood. Uh, this, the, now now the gurney is covered mm. in blood and then like, you know, uh, blood trails down the, uh, the, the hallway. Dude, I actually want to back up a little bit because I think even before you get, because that's kind of where the, the moment like quote unquote starts. I love the buildup though, because you go to the house, you enter the house and then you can go upstairs and there's really nothing upstairs. You can go in the main area. Not really there. You go in a hallway and in the hallway, there are no windows. And then you go down this hallway, you walk down it, you get PT vibes, and then you are presented with an elevator. Mm. And so you've already left the outside world. There are no, it's nothing but like unnatural light. And then you go down a goddamn uh, elevator. And at that point, then you go down a hallway and you come upon the autopsy room. I just love that start of it though, because I, I like that to know that the character is like, you need to have that moment where you have left reality. You are now in like a, a, a you were in a shrinking universe. You were in a small environment. You have, you know, basically this house has eaten you. You are now inside the bowels of this house. You are not getting out or it will not be easy for you to get out. The nobody, you can't ask for help. There's no one coming for you. There's no one who knows you're there. If you had a cell phone, it probably wouldn't get reception, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you go down this long, dark hallway and you open this room and suddenly you don't have a gun and there is a a puppet of your wife on the table and what's brilliant about that is yeah you have these weird prompts you're like opening it up and you're like i guess basically because it's it's video game logic you're like i guess there's a puzzle here right um and there isn't a whole lot you can do in the areas you can explore stuff but like it is kind of very subtly like here's a door and there's stuff you can manipulate and a thing missing on it. You should probably figure out how to open up that door, right? And so you are just kind of left to your devices. And you can only really do that to a to a game, to, to a player like that, if you make the environment interesting and you make it, uh, you know, well-designed. If you, if you create the atmosphere. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're basically saying you figure it out. And that can, that's a hard thing to do for a, for a video game. Usually it's like, you know, tell me where the goal is. Tell me where the monster is. This is totally like, we. there's probably something to solve here. You fucking figure it out. And it absolutely uh, creates the intrigue, has the environment. You're curious as to like, where am I? What's going on? How do I get out of here? What am I even doing down here? Yeah, and, and it all involves around this, <laughs> this, this, and all, yeah, the body of your, of your wife. Also, as you complete the puzzle, uh, this radio keeps turning on playing sound clips of your wife uh who's not having a great time who's not 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 coming on the radio saying like hey what's up honey how you doing uh yeah and then holy shit okay uh, um, okay so before yeah, sorry, we get to the uh, yeah. real big before we get to that reveal um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want to get there just yet um so the whole part of this section is misdirect in my mind it's setting up this idea of the puppets. And in your head, you're like, okay, this puppet's got something to do here. Uh, there's puppet limbs on the wall. You're thinking yeah, yeah. that uh, this area is obviously dough-related. Uh, you then have me on the phone saying, I'm so sorry, I had no choice. It's setting it up, uh, a misdirect, a red herring there, that she was in it from the game with, and it's her fault this is all happening. Um, and then you get to a point when you're walking down uh, the stair. You know, walking down the stairs towards the well. And during that whole bit, you're hearing the sound of creaking. 
Now, of course, when you get to the bottom of the well, you see that it's a it's a crib. But I feel like they did that on purpose and allowed you to hear it the whole way. Because mm-hmm. personally, when I was walking down those stairs, I was convinced the doll was behind me walking with me. I was convinced I was being stalked by that doll. Oh. Um, because they hear the creaking, you hear it sounds like walking. I, I was convinced. Uh, and then you go down to the well and you see puppet parts. And it's like, okay, I know where this is going. I know what's happening. And there's going to be a doll here. The doll's going to chase me. Oh, there's, there's areas here that I can hide in. That's what's going to happen. And then it hits you. The thing that's down here is a malformed baby uh, that is just screaming at you. And that, just I was not expecting that. It's I was ju- so it's- convinced. Complete juxtaposition with it. It's such a low yeah. key area. It's got a small. It's got. A, it's got a tense atmosphere, but it's it's going for the subtle scares, and then you just get an absolute assault by that baby's cries. Yeah. And it's you, you see it gradually coming down the hallway. That that was it. I was my heart dropped. My stomach turned. I was like, this is this is terrifying. I was yeah, that, not prepared for this. That moment, like fucking, yeah, hair in the back of my head, got goosebumps, just like shivers down my spine. The the the, the, the buildup and the reveal, even when I knew it was coming, uh, I feel like after, once the baby is, once you have done the things and it's like, okay, now go back down the hallway and it's baby time. When it becomes baby time, I feel like the, the level gets even darker and mm. the animation, the way, just the way the baby as it's coming down the hall, the way that it enters your light, um, it's fucking terrifying, still terrifying. And I'm not, I, you probably noticed this, but you can, you, you at the end of the game, you can buy the models, you know, with like mm-hmm. in-game currency. And if you buy the baby and look at the baby, uh, the back legs of the baby are actually the legs of a woman facing the other way, as though it is like half of this baby is, a woman giving birth to the baby like the back half of it is like the bottom half of a woman if she was lying down giving birth yeah so it has hands crawling at you but it's back it's back legs are like backwards um and oh we didn't mention this and this is why i was struggling to like what to talk about next because i feel like i could go like an hour and a half on just a section before the baby shows up there are a handful of uh, lockers that you know you open up like any other locker, any other cabinet, um, any other closet like you would. But then you open it and you can like walk inside of it. And if you turn around, there's a prompt to like close it. This is before mm. the baby because they're used to hide from the baby because the baby gets to you instant death. Um, and the death animation of when you of when the baby gets you is fucking great. Holy shit. <laughs> I've not actually seen it because I'm too scared. Oh, I don't want to get near it. Dude, I, it's, I, I avoid it at all costs. Well, I, I managed to not get caught the first time I did it, but I had a save. Because when because there's a save, there's a, there's, a, there's a typewriter in the autopsy room the whole time, and you can use it anytime you mm. want. Um, but when you come back and, you know, it's baby time. I didn't know it was baby time, but like, oh shit, shit's about to get real. I better save. Um, and I saved right before baby shows up. After I had beaten that level, I was like, I'm going to go back and load that. And just see what it looks like when you when you when it catches you. It's not great. It's I mean it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> it's not great. Um, like because the baby eats you, and actually you probably oh. you you may have seen this in other places, but there are moments in the game where when you die and it goes you know, it, you know cuts to black and white says you died. Yeah. But usually in a Resident Evil game, it shows the full death and then like music plays and then the words you die appear. In Resident Evil Eight, the animation will go and then like stop freeze frame instantly says you died and it's such a good way to 
like almost like aggressively like hit you over the face and stop you, pull you back to reality. Um, and so the moment where it's sto- when the baby's eating you and the moment that it stops and says, oh, by the way, you're dead is really, really good because it is just like a Ooh. smack in the face. Um, <laughs> the second time I played that, um, I was a little more uh, cavalier, I suppose. Because I, the first time I played it, I was taking my time, making sure I was not uh, going to be seen by the baby. Um, and I, the second time I was like, I think I can get through this without, you know, be a little more uh, daring. And that was actually so scary. The second time I did it, I managed to uh, uh, avoid the baby a little more. But man, that I was like, when you don't know where that fucking thing is, oh, that's awful. never great. And, it, and it, it has a persistent blood trail behind it. You can see where it's been, um, which oh, it really oh. unnerves me. <laughs> it's really over. Oh. So there's a moment where like, and I, oh, you finally get the key that you need to get to this one door. And then it takes you downstairs further, um, which I always love when it's like, I'm already deep underground. Let's go deeper underground. Sure. Um, And then you go to a a bedroom and basically you have to, that's where you get uh, the fuse box so that you can get back on the elevator and get the fuck out of there. Uh, But it's basically a dead end. And then right as you are leaving, baby shows up and you have to hide from the baby. Uh, And how I did it was uh, there's a prompt in the bedroom where you got the fuse. You can hide underneath the bed. Oh, yeah, every time, yeah. However, what I did, when you're under the bed, this is, I'm not sure if you saw this, when you're under the bed, you can't do a full 180. You can't turn no. around. No. Mm. So what I did is I saw the bed, I came in the bedroom, and I, I jumped under the bed, but I couldn't see the baby behind me. Where the So suddenly my feet, my butt is at the door. And then the baby comes in oh. and it walks around and I can see baby is hanging out, you know, ostensibly in the dead end. And I couldn't turn around. So I just had to like back up and hope that the baby wasn't going to turn around or anything and leave. And it was like so scary because I suddenly didn't have the full control because I wanted to see where the baby was because I didn't want to get eaten. Um, And yeah, I just had to like back up and just kind of like hope that the baby isn't going to turn around and chase me. I got out just fine. But that moment still... Uh, oh, my stomach dropped. You just describing it to me. <laughs> you just yeah. describing it. it's too much for me. Oh, and then um, oh, I, so I, I think how it works is like basically when you get to the elevator, um, basically the second that you put in the fuse on the elevator, baby just spawns, just like boom, mm-hmm. it's here now. And I'm pretty sure that like you are given just enough time to get in the elevator and leave. And so every time you do leave, it's like the doors are closing just as it's coming on you. And it's like, you know, banging on the door, trying to get you. And you're seeing this gigantic gaping mouth. And um, yeah, it's it's designed to, to you just have enough time uh, to go to it. And then. And then, you know, then, then after that, you do have to have a boss fight. Mm-hmm. But sake. after that, that se- that sequence, um. I think the boss fight's interesting. It's it's kind of based on a hide and seek uh, kind of boss fight, which I thought was fine. I thought it was fun. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where you. That's where it kind of gets a little more corny. I would say that like the baby sequence is fucking amazing. I like the doll sequence just because it's so different from again the castle. I thought the voice actor they had for the doll was kind of annoying and mm-hmm. a little kind of standard. Like ha ha ha. 
I'm an evil dog, gonna get you. Like, that's basically what it was. But then uh, it was over quickly. It didn't involve combat. And um, how did you how did you handle with that boss fight? Um, I I did beat it the first time, but I came very close to dying. Like, yeah, I had the the critical danger, the red face, everything. I thought that was so cool. Face. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, like, um, uh, then you're back in the normal house, and the normal house is actually quite large. There's a couple of foyers, a couple of uh, uh living rooms. I'd buy it. Uh, it's a nice uh, property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know about the yeah. Leave that. Ba- they leave that basement alone. But um, so basically, like when you uh when you first enter, you see that uh you've met doll lady. You see a, a picture of her with her doll, and there's like one or two dolls in the house that are kind of definitely sitting in areas that are spooky. When you finish with baby time, and you go back up there and it's boss time, there are dolls everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you have to basically then when the when the boss when the boss fight starts you have to find where boss baby is and then uh, you stab her with with a uh, uh, with scissors and you have to do that three times. If you don't do that as you are looking for her, uh, more and more dolls just start like flying around you. And at a certain point, if you take too long, you just take damage. You you basically you were on a big time limit, which um really ratchets up the tension because you're you're already off kilter because of what you just went through and then now mm. you're like just literally like you know flies and, and that's gnats are okay. it, it's just over stimulation and you're on a time limit uh it, it's it it's so fucking brilliant because it's not another big guns you know big boss fight and you're also because the previous sequence was so good you're completely unnerved and I thought that whole, e- even that boss fight, absolutely brilliant. It even like, um, because it probably does all I'll save, it obviously does all I'll save. But the only thing on my mind was, I need, I don't want to die here because I don't want to have to go back in the basement again. <laughs> I don't want to have to escape the basement again. Um, so I really felt that tension and that fear um, of doing that boss fight. Like, so when I got a, when I got a critical danger... Uh, I, that's what I refer to the red screen. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's what it's referred to in the game. Um, but I was just on the edge of my seat, butt clenched, like, oh my God, I've got, where is she? Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> Get me out of this house. I think she's always in the same sections though. When I played it again, I had her, I, cause the first time I think she's like all the way upstairs. And the second time she's like kind of downstairs and down the hallway, I believe kind of like the furthest two areas of the, uh, uh, of the ma- of the house. Well, I think she's in the same spots. Uh, all, no, every single I, time I've, when i've played it she's been in different spots each time as in like i think there's five or six spots that she can potentially be in um oh, now every maybe- time i've played it every time i've played it she has always been in the bedroom first but after but her second and third place has been different each time for me oh shit maybe that because i was playing on normal maybe that's a, a uh i'll be playing hardcore or uh villager shadows that's it, fun it if it could be it's different for each difficulty setting, or it could be it's different, you know, for each playthrough. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. I have to do multiple times to see. Um, but yeah, that whole section there, it's 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 Man. intense. There's so many little subtle things I could talk about because even before you get to the autopsy room, once you leave the uh, the elevator, um, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but like the texture on the floor in that hallway 
it looks like it's like linoleum over concrete and it's kind of like uh it isn't flat anymore like it's been weathered a little bit but it kind mm. of looks like it, it sort of looks fleshy and you know you walk down like when when it's baby time you're following a blood trail you're following an umbilical cord actually coming from mm. the uh, uh from the, the gurney down to baby but like you walk down the hallway and you take a big right and there's a door there it's 100% like yo it's pt it's 100% pt vibes yeah um, yeah you've got to wonder at a certain point that silent silent hills died so that resident evil could live like yeah, and that's like had, <laughs> if that game had it, not come out oh I, I, it's like even for like Resident Evil Seven and like the uh, the demos that were all first person and kind of very similar to uh, PT. I didn't mind that it was like, oh yeah, Capcom is absolutely ripping off PT. But like, someone needed to, somebody yeah, with that yeah, kind exactly. of money needed to, because people there was lots of indie games doing PT stuff. But like, you know, it was like when my number my number nine failed, and then Capcom made a what I thought a pretty good Mega Man 11, but like with some fucking money behind it, like that game looked and played really, really good. And it's like, yeah, there are lots of PT clones out there, but like I wanted to see Capcom with that fucking Capcom money, uh, do this. And they I mean, fucking killed it. I think the last time we, cause we, uh, I remember we had a call shortly, uh, shortly after Resident Evil three came out, the remake. And we mm-hmm. both said, where's, where's eight at? I want eight. Give, yeah. throw, give us eight already. <laughs> Which yeah, because like perfectly. <laughs> three, three was like, I, I think the only reason why they remade three, because they wanted to remake three and four so that you can have on your, you can, that way they can say, you know, one, two, three, and four, you know, they can, mm-hmm. they, they remade zero and one and they wanted to have, you know, they wanted to have that. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I don't think they should remake four because also we really don't have time to get into it. This is this is basically Resident Evil 4 2 anyway. Oh yeah, it is. It is. 100%. Um, um but but uh, and, and and the sequence where you go in the well, I noticed like the, the the second time I went down, like first off, when you go to the well before baby time, um the steps that go down are quite long, not quite mm-hmm. as long as historical society, but they are quite long. And if you notice um, you know, there's the well beneath you. If you look up uh, you cannot see the ceiling. The light does not go to the ceiling. So oh. it, it, it's almost as though you're like going down a well in a well. And when you do go down the well, I'm pretty sure it's uh, the Mia puppet that you had just, um, you know, yeah. uh, taken apart. And she's like holding a key in one of her hands, I believe, floating above water. Uh, you expect that like, okay, I'm going to pick this up and the doll's going to do something that the body's going to like, their eyes are going to turn red or it's going to go bah, and disappear or something like that. Nope. The fact that you go down that well and you get the item and fucking nothing happens. I, that's my favorite shit. Mm. When, when a game, when a horror game gets me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab this thing and something's going to happen and nothing does happen. That's, that's maybe even better than an actual scare because I got oh, it in my head. Is. Like I made and, uh, that. Th- <laughs> I, I, that is again. That is why I'm convinced that area hits so hard because you are constantly second guessing the game. You think you know what's coming, and then it just does not follow through with those expectations. I mean, that's what good horror, like, good horror, and good yeah, comedy. Yeah. Like you know, if you, have, if you if you if you are telling a joke and the setup is, oh, you know, man walks into a bar, oh, he's gonna order a beer. No, he orders milk. I don't know. Having that misdirect, 
like i like you know there's a lot of really good comics to talk about like uh yeah i had to i had to work on that punchline because people would shout out the punchline before i had a chance to say it and so i needed to be smarter than them and you know good horror is like man it's either gonna be a killer or it's gonna be a a, a cat jumping out right mm-hmm. that you you that that's bad horror you know a jump scare will make you jump but it's like not good horror misdirect and when you think you you know what's gonna happen and the game's like yeah no fucking idea you thought I was going to go left. I went right and back and down. You know, just that's what the whole sequence is. You just even after I had done it and did it again, it still I still felt like I didn't fully understand where the baby was going to be and what I could do. And it was I really mm. should I be running down this hall right now? Um, maybe probably the highlight of the game. One of the scariest sequences I played in like a big budget a horror game dude since i can't remember when i know right i know and it is as soon as we got at that house i said to myself out loud that that was incredible that was a highlight to myself out loud yeah i knew that section was always going to be a treat to get to and when i've played for another couple of times i'm still terrified it's still i'm still like i want to get out this i want to get out this as soon as i possibly can i hate it but i love it yeah i love that i feel that way about it and um, another big thing why I love that section, and we move on. We will move on past this because yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome, to, welcome to our uh, part six of our thesis about the about the house and Resident Evil Village. <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of PT clones. Uh, what turns me off is that, and uh, nothing against people who enjoy these games, they they sort of forget their games. They're a little bit like haunted houses that you're walking through, and yes, there are puzzles. But like I like my horror games to be games. I like them to have a little bit of combat, or not even mm. combat, but a little bit of like, you know, upgrades or ex- ex- reasons to explore and a little bit like discovering stuff and collectible. I like to have that in my in my game in my horror games. So I think that's why Resident Evil Village hits so hard and why I love it so much is because it has that uh, PT esque horror and unease, but it is still a game. <laughs> And I think this, yeah, and it's like there's nothing wrong with embracing. No, no, not at all. Yeah, and, at I, all. And, and yeah, and I think that's maybe something that people, um, because the visual medium of video games, right? And like you can do so much with just uh, agency. Like that's why a, a horror game is scary or scarier than like a horror movie. It's it's agency. It's it's you know hmm. you're going in the basement. You're not watching yeah. the characters like don't go in the haunted basement. The game is like, hey, the special key that you need to unlock the door is down in that fucking basement. Go in the basement and get it. Um, but you still need to have. Uh, I think that's. It, it's still fun to have. You can still be scary. Being a video mm. game as a video game, it, it's it's not that isn't like really appreciating the full spectrum of the medium. No, it really is. And again, nothing against those games. If you enjoy them, and you enjoy them. You ain't got to justify that to anyone. You you go ahead and enjoy them. But yeah. me, I like to have that. That's why I also enjoy things like Bloodborne and Sweet Home, um, because I love I love RPGs. I love horror. When they both get put together and use the like the mechanics to tell the story and to get that tension going, oh, I love it. That's the stuff I live for. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat, and I... I, I are talking about like the various versions of Resident Evil 4, like the Hookman version and the Hallucination. 
all of this stuff, like the, the different versions of Resident Evil 4, uh, I, I, I always get so... There's so many different weird versions of Resident Evil 4. I can never mm. remember them all. But yeah, people are saying that uh, some of the stuff in, in that sequence in Resident Evil 8 is, you know, similar to or referencing or maybe finally, you know, bringing that 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 this t- to a proper game uh, within all the, the Hookman build, hallucinate, all the various demos of the unreleased versions of Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's possible. Got, I, I don't know that that's... Wonder. I mean, so you go. I remember there was um, it was like shortly after like, so I think it was Dark Souls three came out. Um, there was like somebody found in Dark Souls one or maybe Demon Souls, uh, a unused map, and it was like a map that appeared in like I think it was in Dark Souls three. It was like basically like oh here's an an er- er- early version of this map, uh, that was made like five years earlier, hmm. and so uh, you kind of get the sense that like oh yeah someone made this level. And it was just kind of like kicking around. It was just like somebody pull, hey, pull that one level out of the, you know, out of the garbage bin, <laughs> and uh, let's <laughs> let's dust it off and finish it up. It's like I, I bet there like are in the Capcom vault that we will never be able to see. But I, well, you gotta wonder, yeah, are these Resident Evil Four uh, demos that were never finished? Are those assets? Are those like design docs still sitting around? And this this new team that's working on Resident Evil, you gotta wonder, like, are there a handful of people that are like in their, you know, fresh out of college, mid twenties, grew up playing Resident Evil, and uh, like they're big fans, and it's like, oh, I'm working for Capcom now, maybe I convince the boss to like let's put in some shit from the Hookman demo, mm. you know, and it's so I'd say it even goes further than that because. Um, you always want to push ideas, an idea as far as you can go. Like, no ideas ever get abandoned. You always want to reuse them, and, or if you've used them before, you think, well, that was a good place to take that, but now we can take it further. Like, you always want to develop an idea as much as you go. In some of my animations, I've often, um, I've had criti- some people say that I'll just make the same animation over, over and over again, over just two people in a room, <laughs> but with various <laughs> different things happening, which is fair. I do do a lot of that. But it's because... You, I always loved that idea of the isolation and adding the spooks coming in from the outside. So you just reuse the idea. You think, I want to develop it further. Or, oh, that was a good idea. Like I believe the Hookman build was all about the hallucinations, wasn't it? It was all about um, Leon being affected with someone that forced him to have hallucinations. Now, they probably looked at that and went, well, this couldn't, been taken, this couldn't go as far as it potentially should have, um, which is obviously why it got abandoned. But we can do that now. And it's a good idea. It shouldn't be left on the cutting room floor. Let's explore this. And I think there's a, a lot of people who are developing right now, because obviously there's a lot of people who make the, these games. They must be re- thinking about these ideas and thinking, I want to take this. I want to make this work. I want to just do this again and really see how far we can go with it. I mean, shit, like Resident Evil, the first game started as a remake of Sweet Home. Tokoro, mm. Fuji, Tokoro Fujiwara, who made, who's directed Sweet Home on the NES, literally came to Shin, a, a young Shinji Mikami and some other people and said, like, hey, I want to remake this NES, this for this Famicom game that I thought was good, but did sold poorly. But like, hey, 3D graphics on this PlayStation are pretty good. Um, let's let's try remaking it. There's an early commercial, uh, I think an early mm. bio, Biohazard 1 Japanese commercial uh, for Resident Evil, um, where they have a remixed battle theme from Sweet Home is in the background of this Resident Evil commercial. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, e- even like Resident Evil as itself is was started from, let's recite, let's try this again. 
recycling ideas and do it again because we couldn't quite do it right the first time. Or so he thought. Sweet Home's fucking brilliant. If, if, if you're mm. familiar with me, you know that I've... You, you, you should know that I would want you to play Sweet Home. Um, also, I, just a sidebar there, because um, I've been wanting to share this knowledge with you for ages. Um, but if you're, ever, if, if you're ever curious about what the Sweet Home remake could have been, play Kodaka. <laughs> or, 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 I forget how to pronounce it. Um, but it's a PS1 horror RPG uh, with tank controls and Resident Evil-esque puzzles and stuff. But it is like a turn-based party system RPG. Play that if you want to see what Sweet Home could have been if it was remade. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel like I've seen that, but never actually played it. But yeah, K-O-U-D-E-L-K-A. Yeah, Co- thank you. Kodelka? Kodeka? I wonder why there's an L there. It seems like it'd be just a Kodaka, like a Japanese. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've seen that covered before but i knew nothing about it i will definitely have to I check treat that myself out. to it <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on it to halloween uh to play it uh but well, yeah that if, if you're curious to see what it could have been yeah check that out well i think we have to uh, uh move on to big big spoilers now i think we gotta talk about mm-hmm. end game stuff so um you know we were talking a lot about an early segment of the game here we are we're going in we gotta talk about the ending because there's a lot of there's actually Weirdly enough for a Resident Evil game, a ton of story that really kind of puts this universe in a very interesting place. So mm-hmm. here we go. We're going in. <laughs> and and uh, puts interesting. It seems like it just sort of drops it on your lap and it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so <that's- laughs> here we go. The fucking mold. So <laughs> in this game. It's all the mold. It's yeah. It's just like mold. What, it's like how metal. It's like Metal Gear Solid. Like what happened? I don't know. Nano machines. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is it. It's have mold. you ever, have you ever seen the movie Old Boy? Yeah, I uh, that movie's fine. I think people 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 have recommended it to me. Like, oh, this is like the fucking best movie ever. And I just I I couldn't I couldn't agree. I'm sorry because in that game it's like hypnotism. Everything everyone's hypnotized. Yeah. It's yeah. just like why why is everyone doing? I don't know. He got hypnotized. So that she be hypnotized, and that hypnotized him to hypnotize her, and it's like at a certain point I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" And this game is like, "Oh, it's just mold, the mold, and uh, that. Yep, that's it." So, oh, uh, and that's not even like that's not even that's one of three of yeah. three things. <laughs> where I'm like, because like you have that, and then you have why didn't you just tell him, Chris? Oh, I didn't want to. Like, what? Okay, and then there's the oh, umbrella was named umbrella's logo is inspired by this. I'm like, yeah, what? that that is a huge law drop, and it's on a letter on a desk. Yeah, like, there's the moment what? where it's like, you know, was it like Richard Spencer? But like, yeah, this, there's like, yeah, hey Miranda, my good friend Miranda, and villain of this game, <laughs> it's me Spencer. I really like you, but you know what? Instead of mold, I'm gonna go viruses. Peace. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? I like your logo. I'm gonna have that. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> that that was the point when I was just like, huh. So the okay. mo- I all right. So there was the moment where um, you're strung up by the vampires, uh, and in order for you to get out, Ethan just like literally has hooks through his hands, and in order to get out, he just pulls the hooks through his through his palm ripping out the center of his palm 
probably ripping mm-hmm. out one of his fingers, you know, right? Like he just rips it out and then he like walks over and he pours the magic juice on and he's fine. And that was the moment where I was like, I was actually like, what? Also, before that scene, uh, vampire ladies grab sickles and stick the sickles in both of his calf muscles and then drag him, uh, you know, mm-hmm. drag him to the to bedroom and then where he's strung up again and he just walks that off. And then there's the moment where uh, Lady D cuts off his hand completely, slices his wrist completely off. And not like 10 minutes later, he just like puts the hand, he, he, put, <laughs> he puts on the juice, slips on the hand, and then it's, 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 it's on. And so the hooks, I was like, what the fuck is going on? No, no, come on. But something about the hand being reattached, I was like, that's fucking dumb. Okay, I'm back. But, <laughs> yeah, no, right. But then like the realization that like, oh, did you, like literally it's like, did you not wonder why you were always so hurt? No matter how much you got hurt, you always seem to shrug it off, huh, Ethan? It's because you're a big mold monster like everybody else. Um, I thought that was actually kind of brilliant because even through Resident Evil 7, uh, and especially in Resident Evil 8, you, you, you endure so much shit. <laughs> you endure. Yeah, no, there's not a human too. being that could ever go. I mean, it's a video game, so of course... You know, you fall from a building, but you hit an awning, so you're fine. You know, there's even with the video game logic, I thought this game was stretching itself. But that's but, see that 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 reveal there to me of um oh you and Mulder along. I was like, of course. And then I was like, that's a good that's a good reveal. Why can't you do that with the rest of it? <laughs> what that's a good reveal of a plot, like a plot point and a twist. But you couldn't do that for the umbrella reveal and everything else (laughs) that and yeah so at a certain point i kind of let the 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 story just kind of wash over me because i was like what the fuck is going on much like resident evil 7 there's a room in resident evil 8 with a big table and a bunch of desks and littered on the table and desks are files and pictures and uh just like in the salt mine of resident evil 7 they just kind of dump plot Mm. onto you uh, and not, it, it, I, I guess that's kind of one thing I didn't like about this game because it, it, first off, there's another reveal that, that, that this old lady is also actually the bad guy. So uh, I'll, sorry, spoilers for Resident Evil 7 as well. Um, not a huge spoil for Resident Evil 7, but like, and then, uh, also like, yeah, here's a room. We're just kind of dump all this shit on you. Um, and I, I mean, Resident Evil has always kind of done that. Here's a huge revelation that happens in a file. Um, and then you just cut back to your character, like, whatever, I don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of bugged me, but like, yeah, the, the fact that like, the, the, the fact that this game is attempting to actually tie in all Resident Evil games. And I don't know. So does that mean like that Resident Evil, not, yeah, exactly. Forte is Resident Evil nine going to be like the ultimate chapter, like the conclusion to the entire Resident mm. Evil, uh, series, because Basically, what has happened now is you have gone from fighting bioweapons, right? And by the ending of Resident Evil 8, going to Resident Evil 9, you are the bioweapon. Hmm. Because that's the that, that's basically we're, we're going into like Silent Hill 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, dad is dead and now daughter's going to take over. But like, that's kind of what they're implying with Resident Evil 9 is going to be like, there's not going to be a tyrant. There's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, 
of a Lady D. Like, uh, what? like you are going to be the monster in a sense, right? Yeah, Which... I, I've got a, I've got a real horrible feeling. And now, whatever they do, I'm along for the ride. But I think they're going to really jump the shark here. <laughs> they're going to be I like, mean... they're going to give you powers, upgradable powers, and everything. And I feel like. Oh, we're going a bit into Resident Evil Six territory again, aren't we? Of going really batshit <laughs> and going a bit but too. I, but also, over. like, it's always been batshit, and I just feel yeah. like again, like I, th- I, I still, I still will die on the hill that like right now I feel like Resident Evil is in the best place it's maybe ever been. I trust this team to do whatever the fuck they want. They, I feel like, give them the keys, give them all the money. Mm-hmm. Like they, they got it. Like they are going to do it right. Um. But I can't believe because Resident Evil 7 was such a like, I don't know, it's mold. And there's a little girl who's a bioweapon. And there's, you're in Louisiana and a assault mine and a ship. And it's like, what the fuck? You're being chased by like this crazy man with a shovel. And then you're like stuck in like a Saw movie. You know, it's like, what's going on? Like Resident Evil 7 was kind of fucking all over the place. It's, this game kind of, kind of brilliantly. I don't know if you want to say a retcon or just finally explains seven a little more while tying in the rest of the Resident Evil universe, which again has not had a consistent story yeah. or tone. It's always been like, who's driving this this bus? Ah, fucking you do whatever. You know, it's just it's a like Resident Evil like Resident Evil Zero was all about like, hey, like monkeys and slugs. Sure, whatever. You know <laughs> it, it, it's just there I think it's but also also you can't it's not gonna end here. No, right. oh no, they'll it, keep it going. <laughs> but like they, they kind of are setting up like this. I, I don't I don't know where they go from here. Now, in, in the sense of Resident Evil 7 going on to 8, I was like, I don't know what they're gonna do from here, but I'm in. You know, I literally had no clue what the next game was gonna be. Uh, and I was eagerly looking forward to it. Now we kind of have an idea of what's going on. And I can't wait to see what the fuck they got planned. Oh, you, Dave, also, don't, don't get me wrong. This, I am on board. I want to see what happens. I, but like, yeah, because I, I don't think that this team would have had an ending like this if they didn't already know where they were going. If they didn't already know generally, in a sense, what the hell is going to go on. Oh, I would be shocked if there weren't already pre-production documents like made, like that weren't made at the same time of, as Village in development. You know, uh, they must have knew they must have had that all in there. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, there's the there's the creative team that is kind of like make the creates the game, and then there's the team that kind of like actually does the nuts and bolts and makes it. And I think those kind of those two work in tandem. So ideally, mm. while they were finishing up and wrapping up this game, the team had already started work on Resident Evil Nine, right? They were already like, okay, well, what's next? When then ideally they're they're working on that right now. Oh yeah, and oh, people yeah. were talking about how the the keys and. The, the the multiple winged Mother Miranda stuff uh, is very similar to the uh, umbrella, mm. uh, the umbrella symbol. Oh yeah, and the whole Cadeau thing. There's still a big plot. I don't know if it's a plot hole. So apparently, Mother Miranda, you know, she just wants her daughter back because she died in the Spanish flu in the uh, early 19th uh, century, 1900s. Mm. She says that she like you know was lovesick over her daughter dying wandered into a cave and found uh the the metasite the, the 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 mold that seems like that's weird just i suddenly found it and i got super strong super smart 
And then I spent yeah. the next century trying to make make my daughter again. It's one of those things where, like, eh, that seems a little unreasonable, but it also doesn't seem so unreasonable that I can't believe it. So, yeah. okay, I, I guess it, I guess it's possible. But like, yeah, any other game, I'd be like, <laughs> Resident Evil can do it. I'm like, ah, oh, what the fuck? But yeah, whatever. What do you ever got, man? I'm sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I am. Um, I have got to say that I'm a little not. I'm a little disappointed because I thought Seven uh, was going to set up this anthology where uh, you're sort of playing as regular people dealing with some umbrella oversight, like you know, yeah. something that's that they've caused that's like not following. Any, it's not following any of the cast. It just follows new characters. Now I'm glad Village exists. And I'm glad what I'm happy with what it did. Like I, I, I do love the game. But I am a little bit like, ah, it would have been cool if it could have, you know, perhaps followed someone else or, you know, been its own thing and set up a new plot or, but, I, you know, I get it that um, it's not as easy to do that. you got to go where the money is. And you, yeah. Uh, and I don't, it would have been nice know, to have seen that anthology thing. I feel like anthologies are hard because you're really starting back from square one every mm. single time. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like it could have gone either way, but then the start of this game, you know, you with the baby and you with Miranda and then like, oh, no, sorry, you don't realize it's Miranda, you and Mia, um, like yeah. the opening shot of this game where she's like, she's shot like literally 40 times. Chris comes in and shoots her in the head like six more times. I was like, what the fuck, dude? You know, the, the reveal, of course, that like she's got super mold so she can shape shift. Sure. Um, that was still a really good start to the game. Hmm. Uh, but... I don't know. It, it, it's it, it's not. It's it's a Resident Evil game. It still is a Resident Evil game. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is still kind of like an argument people are having, but like kind of early on, you know, we're, we're talking just after the game's released. That was sort of a point of contention for a lot of people. Was like, it's just so tonally weird. But uh, I think it's still weird, but it's kind of playing it slightly different. I'm not sure what the difference is. But, like, the series has always been kind of weird. And this way mm. that it's sort of retconning itself into the greater Resident Evil universe, that's Resident Evil. That's the type of shit that it would do. That makes sense to me. I feel like that is yeah. not a stretch. It's, um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've watched a lot of horror. I've experienced a lot of horror. I've wrote dissertations about horror at university. <laughs> I, I'm now at the point where I want my horror to be a little goofy. Like, I will happily rewatch Evil Dead 2 and Halsu over and over again because I, I like my horror to have that have that bit of goof, bit of cheese to it. So when Resident Evil comes along uh, and it's given me some genuinely terrifying <laughs> moments and given me a character that also spurts out one-liners while being attacked by Eldritch Beans, like, <laughs> I, I'm there. I do love it. <laughs> I genuinely do love it. Yeah, and I, I honestly, like, I am a little sad that Ethan is by the way spoilers yeah Ethan's super fucking dead isn't it like the the, the last it's like the, the the final image is like the father's story has ended yeah they, they don't they don't say it in as many words but they're basically like Ethan's fucking dead everybody it's over we have a new he is he, you know James Bond will not return <laughs> yeah he is gone he is dead he's super and, uh, fucking dead I also uh I do love that they just refuse to show you his face. <laughs> like, yes. at that end when Chris is showing him, 
uh, helping him. <laughs> it's not like they're doing clever camera angles to obscure it. They just don't show it. The camera just doesn't look at him. <laughs> or like, I think there's a couple of shots where like, it's sort of a wide shot and you can see like all three of them or the two of them or whatever. And it's like, there's just magically a shadow over Ethan's head. Like, yeah. he's, look, he's looking down, but also it's like, no, there's light. You can see everything. It's, and it's like, yes, I, w- I didn't want to see his face. It didn't. And that's the kind of goofy shit that I needed. Like, don't mm. show his face. Yes, that's what I want. It's great. I love uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, again, Shinji Mikami, when he made this series and when he was shepherding it uh, through one through four and all of that, um, by not really caring about tone. And I feel like I used to give Resident Evil shit for this because I felt like Silent Hill was maybe the better game because it was scarier, took itself a little more serious. Um, but now that we're kind of, you know, 30 years on here, uh, it feels like that was such a smart move because you, you, you couldn't have like, look at what, look how Silent Hill tried to reinvent itself. Um, Mm. you know, post four, even within Silent Hill four, which I I still think this is only half of a good game. The last half of that game, I think that game falls super fucking apart for me, but like, that, that that really struggled to kind of keep that tone going and resident evil was always kind of batshit and weird uh but it allowed the freedom that a lot of other horror franchises don't have so uh mm. that's kind of why it's kind of back on top yeah it uh, really is <laughs> it really un- is unless think- unless unless oh. evil within three comes out unless microsoft they bought bethesda if 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 tango works can make an evil within three um, yo, we might have a well, real, a real battle here. Cause even within two, I still think is, um, you know, second or third. It's in that conversation of like big budget horror games, the best one. It's in that conversation for like top three mm. best horror games of the last like five or so years. I mean, don't forget Ghostwire. They are making Ghostwire. Yeah. I don't that know if could, it's going to be, be a- that, that looks like it's just going to be a, a dark kind of, you know. They've said it's like got a spooky vibe to it. Uh, whether okay, it's a right. horror game or got like, you know, horror elements, who knows? But I don't know. It could, who knows? It could be interesting. Well, I'm just saying Evil Within 2 ends with a lot of shit wrapped up, but there are like two or three big uh, uh, threads left. Um, and the game totally addresses them too. Um, so, uh it's oh god evil evil within i want to end this discussion if if nothing else um resident evil 8 very good spooky doll section awesome but also evil within 2 is fucking awesome that game was so good i will play anything that shinji mikami makes and so ghostwire i'm there uh Mm -hmm. he because even his bad games even you know, I, Dino Crisis One is a very interesting failure to me. Yeah, um, exactly. St- it's that interesting. Uh, yeah, you, he offers something that you're not gonna get anywhere else. Be it good or bad, it's not gonna be boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I will, I will definitely play it. I am bummed though that we. It, it appears as though we're not going to get an, uh, an Evil Within three, um, but that Resident Evil is is back on track. I guess I can't get too bummed, but yo, I think if you like horror. Or if you just want a goofy action game, uh, this kind of has... Because there's actually two other sections. We had hardly ever talked about the third section, which I think is, you know, the water section. is fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it has... If, if you're a horror aficionado, definitely I think you'll like the certain sections that we did. But I think there really is something for everyone here. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and you, I, you're going to get some out of it. 
Yeah. I think that just about covers it. And we actually are running kind of long here. We try to keep these an hour. I should have known. <laughs> should have known. known having, like, there's no way that me and Luke <laughs> talking about horror is not going to be a long discussion. We only got up to the second boss. <laughs> and then we had to skip to the end because we got to cut time. We and honestly, for no, hours. <laughs> that was my that, that was my plan. I wanted to talk about the second level and the, the ending. And I was like, that'll probably fill an hour. And here we are like, uh, at least our recording is about 90 minutes. <laughs> we might, I think so. There's a little bit at the beginning that we'll, we'll, won't actually make the uh, recording. But yeah, I think that's actually going to do it. Uh, again, Luke, um, you know. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always yeah, a pleasure. Derek. Great. Always great chatting with you. Um, uh, it's fun to kind of chat with you and have it recorded this time. Uh, yeah, we'll be back again um, the first Monday of, uh, of June for another episode. Uh, oh, except the first Monday of June is actually going to be um, uh, the 7th, which is kind of nice to not have uh, the first of the month be the Monday. Uh, have mm. that first <laughs> that first podcast right away. Good to have some time to, <laughs> to breathe. So it's actually going to be a couple of weeks here before uh, another episode. But again, um, oh, shit. You know what? Stop skeletons at gmail.com. Um, we actually have some questions. I got so into it. Uh, if I could keep you around for a bit more longer. Uh, no, Luke, no, go ahead. We That's have fun, a hand. You got a handful of questions. Let's um, let's see here. Wow, we really uh, did get stuck in it, didn't we? <laughs> so, uh, pass me by. Scotty asks, "Where on the street was that Capcom? Uh, was 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 taken aback by the spooky elements of Resident Evil Eight because the the feedback from Resident Evil Seven that it was too scary." Um, and as a longtime fan of the series, I didn't feel that Resident Evil Seven was uh, scary by comparison, and I was slightly disappointed to hear this, but understand making a game more palatable for the masses. Uh, do you agree with this tactic or do you hope they put some DLC out to beef up the fright factor? Love the art clockwork pixel, they say. Uh, oh, I think I think, Scotty, we kind of addressed this that um uh they they definitely they bring the scares for this one. But I do think that I don't know that Resident Evil 7 was like I have heard people say Resident Evil 7 uh is is scary. It's also really gory. There's some mm. really, really gory shit. At one point, you have to retrieve a, tr- a, a key, and I think you have to put your hand down the neck of a corpse to pull the key out from its stomach, right? Mm-hmm. And there, of course, is the scene where uh, the police officer gets a, uh, a shovel to the back of the head. Um, th- there's th- th- that that game kind of goes fucking hard. And then, of course, the the, the being chased by. Uh, Marguerite and and uh, uh, the, the the dad. Oh, I just forgot his name. The the, the oh other the baker. Yeah, uh, Jack. Jack. Jack yeah. Baker. Yeah, there ja- yeah, Jack. Thank Jack. Um, yeah, I think the, the the chasing stuff with him early on is pretty is pretty spooky. Thank <laughs> you. The chat's going crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I do. Oh, did you see the uh, Japanese puppets? they have for advertising this oh, game oh what a treat yeah I yeah absolutely did. Oh, it was so good japan's great <laughs> they're like we're not scary <laughs> we're not scary kowakunai kowakunai it's so hilarious um i do think that like it's funny to read that because i think the scariest moment you know happens in this game but they yeah. definitely uh i don't know i do think that man Resident Evil 7 goes hard in a way that Resident Evil 8 doesn't quite. Um, let's mm. see. I mean, it's, it, it definitely is. It? Horror's different to everyone. What other people find uncomfortable and disturbing is going to be different. And for, for me, and obviously for you, 
this game uh, hit hardest with terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Anton asks a question if we have a if I have a rotating favorite game, a game's list in my top five or type ten. Um, uh, and I and I and I don't know that I really have like a top five or a top ten that's rotating. Um, I, I feel like that top ten kind of list stuff is always sort of a. It just seems kind of boring to me. I will say that like mm. probably my un unbreakable top number number one game of all time is Mega Man's two and three. Oh, uh, I I always put them both together because I do think that like two maybe was more impactful for me. That the, both these games mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I do think that like three is maybe a better game, but two also means so fucking much to me. Um, and has like such an amazing ending. Uh, which I ended up doing. A vi- did I did a video about how I think the ending to Mega Man Two is like utterly brilliant. Um, but then it's like I don't know. Like yeah, I kind of think just like ah, Doom Snatcher. Uh, and I, e- I think it should be that way. I I think your favorite game or your favorite games. Uh, I think it should change. Honestly, as you get older and you play new things, I think it it it, is, it should change. Yeah. So I really think like I don't ha- I, I I do have a rotating list. So rotating mm. that like I kind of know what my number one favorites are, but like. Um, yeah, when I think about, like, I just think about good games, I'm like, I can't just pick 10, because I'm like, I remember when the credits rolled on Illbleed, I said out loud to myself, that is one of the greatest games I've ever played, you know, um, playing Doom 2016, I put, I played Doom, the, the Doom remake, right, for like five minutes, and I was like, holy shit, this is one of the greatest games I've ever played, you know, that type of thing, um, and then, yeah, yeah. you just get that feeling, I mean, that's, that's how I, Sorry, I can't. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had another question, but I wanted to hear your, your thoughts. Oh, I was going to say, like, for me, like, Bloodborne, 100%. Oh, it's, yep. it's no question. Bloodborne is my favorite game ever. Because I <laughs> yeah. have, I will play it multiple times, and there's just nothing else that scratches that itch <laughs> like Bloodborne for me. Dude, how fucking great. There's so many great moments in that game, but, like, for me, I think the fucking amazing moment is, and this is minor spoilers, um, when. You go all the way around one area and then you enter the hospital again, but mm-hmm. from the back, like, uh, uh, you know, where you start in the game, you start in the clinic and there's like a locked door at the, at the, uh, the very beginning of the game. You don't think much of it. This, the, the spine chill that I got when, um, I opened up the door and I was like hacking away at monsters and I was like, and I realized where I was and I realized what I was doing. That was like probably my favorite moment because it was so mundane and you probably could miss it. And I actually, I guess I did miss it before I kind of opened the door and I was like, wait a minute, this is the beginning of the game. Oh, fuck. You know, uh, how fucking great was that shit? Oh, incredible. And then you got, like, you got the imposter in there as well. Yeah. So yeah, as you explore, you got, oh, I, that whole section is, I mean, that whole, the whole game, everything yeah. about it. Oh. And also, how sad was it when you beat the DLC? You beat that boss, and you're like, "Well, that's the last time I will ever play New Bloodborne." Oh yeah, uh, I, I still like I I fluctuate between wanting a Bloodborne two and wanting it to stay as it is. And the only reason I want another one is because I'm selfish and I want more Bloodborne. And yeah, I'll I free, freely admit it. I, I tried uh, picking it back up again recently. I was like, I'm gonna uh, platinum this game and play more of the of the, uh, the Chalice Dungeons. And the, the Chalice Dungeons are neat, 
but I just they don't hold my interest. I know there's like it, there's like a handful of like enemies and bosses that only appear there and stuff like that, but like it's it's one you want for Chalice Dungeons. Oh my god, we completely sidelined that question. Um, but the Chalice Dungeons are you want to co-op them. Honestly, I, I played through them recently with a couple of friends who wanted to platinum the game as ah. well. And we had a blast because it was you, you co-op in it at that point. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and the, yeah, Anton had another question just about, have my tastes in games changed since started making the content on the internet? And I don't know that my tastes in games have changed, but there are definitely a handful of games that were kind of on my bucket list that I, I played because... I wanted to make videos for them. I feel like I, I, I like Enemy Zero and D Two. I think are two games that I had always played a little bit, but never actually pushed myself to beat them completely until I decided to make videos for them. But I don't know. I will say that there are a handful of games that I used to have nostalgia for and really good, you know, warm fuzzy feelings of playing these games as a kid. Uh, playing a handful of those older games now, all I can remember now that those memories are replaced with like making that video, you know, uh, you know, Metal Storm especially. Uh, when I play Metal Storm now, all I can remember is how scared and nervous I was to make the first video, um, and so uh, that so that that's only changed my relationship with a handful of games. But I don't know that I, if I wasn't doing YouTube, I don't know that I would have been doing much else. I feel like I would still be playing some weird ass shit. So I guess you could say that uh, your as your attitude changed towards playing games. Well, there's definitely sometimes where like, um, I think with punching weight and a couple of other projects, I think the it's forced me to like play games a little longer because there are some punching weight games, and I've always had appreciation for like weird GBA and and, and Game Boy Color games, but you kind of play them for a few minutes and you go like. Pfft. Wow, that's fucking weird. And I feel like before, you know, punching weight, I would just go, that's cool. And I just kind of move on with my life and it wouldn't play them deeper. But like now, because I have to kind of dive deeper for the, for the sake of the videos, uh, it has kind of forced me to uh, play games a little more uh, than I normally would have. But I, I would like to think that I would still be the same weird Uncle Derek if I wasn't doing this on YouTube. <laughs> 100%. All right, uh, and that's that is gonna do it. That is gonna that's gonna be it. Stop skeletons at gmail.com. Uh, put podcast in the subject if you want us to answer another question. We'll be back in three weeks, the first Monday of June. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and Luke again, always a pleasure, dude. Yeah, always. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey, and I want to say, um, like in a couple of weeks, uh, I have an I have an appointment to get my passport renewed. So hopefully soon I will be able to come oh and visit God. you, bro. Please. I, <laughs> oh, yes. Apparently, apparently you are very tall. I can't wait to see you and be like, "Yep, I'm kind of short and you're kind of tall." <laughs> yeah, I'm six two. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, f- I'm five eight, five oh, five nine, d- depending on the swimming pool. That's gonna be a great picture. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, that's gonna do it. So, uh, thanks everybody. See you again real soon. Good night. Yeah, thanks again, man. Bye.